You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan side of network. Happy Thursday, everybody, and happy Victory Thursday. The Timberwolves defeated the Oklahoma City Thunder on Wednesday night, 98-90 at Target Center. Strangely enough, the first game that the two Northwest Division rivals, I guess we can use the word rivals, uh, played against each other so far this season. Really strange, but here we are. Um, We're going to break it all down on the show today. Plenty to talk about, key takeaways. A very strange game uh, for a lot of reasons. So we'll we'll break it all down. We'll do individual studs and duds. All that stuff's upcoming. First of all, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms from Apple to Google, Spotify, and of course, the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockdownTWolves and at BBeacon with two Bs, two Es, CK. Yet. All right. So we'll do what we always do. I, I want to kind of talk about the, the the notable parts of the game right now, really kind of the first quarter versus the rest of the game. We'll do key takeaways and then we'll also do individual studs and duds. It's really hard to overstate how big the gap was between the first quarter and the rest of the game for the Wolves. And I don't just mean the margin. I mean, obviously that too. But the way that the Timberwolves played, it was like two different games and one of them was 12 minutes and the rest of it was 36 minutes or really, I guess you could take the last maybe four minutes of the game out of that. So the Wolves played like 16 to 18 minutes of great basketball and something like 30 to 32 minutes of awful basketball. Really, it was bad, the whole middle portion of the game. But the Thunder are so generally terrible themselves and the Wolves were so good in the first quarter that they were able to hold on and win by a couple of possessions or I guess three possessions. Um, It was a really weird game. Of course, this is the first game back for D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. They both missed a week and a half or so. Towns missed six games. D'Lo missed five. Um, Anthony Edwards, this was his fourth game back from the COVID list. The Wolves are now actually at entirely full strength, which is phenomenal. One would imagine there'd be some rust and, and maybe some reconditioning still happening with D'Lo and Towns. We did see that tonight. We'll get into that here in a little bit. But the first quarter, um, the Wolves came out with Jared Vanderbilt guarding Josh Giddy, and Giddy is the talk of really the NBA right now. He had youngest ever uh, to record a triple-double the last time out. He had missed three games, I think it was, due to health and safety protocols, but playing really well, has won multiple conference Western Conference Player Rookie of the Month awards. And uh, so the Wolves came out and said, we're going to put Vando on Giddy. Um, and Giddy's essentially, I mean, he's their best rebounder effectively, uh, despite really running a lot of their offense. I mean, him and Shea Gilgis Alexander run everything the Thunder do. And the Wolves said, we're going to put Vando on him. You know, he's a big body guy. He can rebound. Let's, let's try this worked really well early in the game. And the Timberwolves built a 30 to 10 lead, um, in the first quarter, the Timberwolves defense was genuinely suffocating. The Thunder did miss a few, you know, really kind of gimmies at the rim that they should have made, but the Timberwolves activity all over the floor is what kind of kept the Thunder from having a, a, you know, I think they were hearing footsteps the entire time, even when they were making or shooting what should have been easy shots at the rim. The Timberwolves were all over the place. Uh, there were multiple deflections that didn't actually lead to steals, but disrupted the offense, uh, contesting shots everywhere on the floor. The The Thunder turned the ball over, I think it was 10 or 12 times just in the first quarter alone. Um, the first sub for Minnesota, interestingly, D'Angelo Russell came out of the game 
uh, Malik Beasley came into the game. We'll talk more about the two of them later because they both really struggled. But I thought that was notable. We can be tracking that, you know, who's the sixth man, who's coming in off the bench first and who's sitting first from the starters. And maybe that changes on a nightly basis. Um, the first quarter finished great, though. The Timberwolves had a great first quarter. The Thunders had a, a had a stretch where they shot, uh, uh, or really, I they only made like three field goals total um, up until about the three minute mark of the second quarter, and then Minnesota went on a stretch where they made just two of fifteen shots, and after the Thunder shot under twenty percent in the first quarter, the Timberwolves almost rivaled that uh, for at least much of the second quarter, and ultimately the Thunder won the second quarter by seven, and the Wolves were still up by thirteen at halftime, but the second quarter gave the Thunder enough of a, you know, Hey, we can hang in this thing. They got within two in the third, the Timberwolves built the lead back up. Thunder got all the way to within one in the fourth quarter. And finally, Minnesota got serious and, you know, scored some buckets offensively. Anthony Edwards played really well. Jalen Noel came into the game late. We'll talk a lot more about Jalen here in the next segment and played really well down the stretch. Um, the third quarter, the big slide towards the end of the quarter kind of coincided with Carl Anthony Towns going to the bench for a rest. Minnesota had built that back up to a, a healthy double-digit lead. Towns goes to the bench with his, I think it was his fourth personal. He gets a technical foul. Yes, it was a foul. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those that, you know, Towns has a tendency to hook uh, defenders when he turns to go to the basket, when he's especially, well, really anywhere, if he's got his back to the basket, he likes to turn and hook and he doesn't always realize he's doing it and he doesn't get called every time. He got called this time, then he got a technical foul and then the slide happened and the Thunder pulled it within six by the end of the third quarter, ultimately got it to within one at one point in the fourth quarter. The offense was completely disjointed with the new bench unit. We'll talk more about that next segment, uh, but but for stretches there in the third and fourth quarter, it looked like the Timberwolves bench was going to give everything back and that the Thunder were going to be able to, to take this game over. But the Wolves came back with their starters uh, Sands D'Angelo Russell with Jalen Noel instead, no Malik Beasley either on the floor. And that lineup of of Jalen Noel, Patrick Beverly, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Jared Vanderbilt was able to win kind of the final four to five minutes of the game. Um, and and Jalen Noel came to the game, had a massive and one. It was a one possession game. He had a really tough kind of 10, 12 footer, got fouled, almost hit his head on the floor and then made the free throw. And the Wolves didn't really look back from that point on and were able to kind of make this thing a little bit more comfortable at the end. I have some key takeaways from this one related to the rotation, the bench unit, um, and then also Kat and D'Lo in their first games back. Of course, also Jalen Noel. So a lot of key takeaways from this one before we get to individual studs and duds. So that's all upcoming here next. First though, let's talk about our friends over at Shopify. Discover endless possibility with Shopify. Shopify is tirelessly reinventing tools of growth for millions of businesses, helping them succeed every day. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses so upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. Synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Like mine, Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale, reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash NBA for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash NBA right now. Shopify.com slash NBA. All 
All right. Let's talk about key takeaways from this one. Um, and, and I have several. So let's start with let's start with the Jalen Noel minutes at the end of the game. So this is this is related to uh D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley. D'Lo wasn't very good in this game. We'll talk a little bit more about him. Spoiler in studs and duds. He played 30 minutes, three of twelve shooting, 0 of five outside the arc. He had a couple of really tough layups that he made, which was weird. This was a strange D'Angelo Russell game because I think his I think actually all three of his baskets were in the paint. If I'm not mistaken, two, I can think of off the top of my head that were actually pretty acrobatic finishes in the paint, which we don't see from him a lot. He doesn't get to the rim very often. Um, but he is crafty when he gets there and his jumper was simply off three of 12 shooting Oh five on three point attempts. He had three turnovers in 30 minutes as well and did not close the game. Instead, Chris Finch chose to roll with Jalen Noel and Jalen was fantastic. 23 minutes, 16 points on six shots. One of one, outside the arc. He shot a three-pointer wide open in transition. It was a one-on-five situation, but nobody guarded him, so he just drained a three. That was while the Wolves were pouring it on late in the first quarter. Perfect three of three at the free throw line. Had a a really difficult and one there at the end of the game. Three assists, three rebounds, only one turnover. We talked on yesterday's show, on Wednesday's show, about how Jalen Noel's turnover rate is unbelievably low. It was like 6.6 or 6.7 coming into this game. And it very likely decreased even further after one turnover in 23 minutes, six shot attempts, three assists for Noel. Um, So really good on Chris Finch to stick with the hot hand, stick with the player who simply was playing better in Jalen Noel. And I'm sure that part of it had to do with D'Angelo Russell, them not wanting to overextend him in his first game back from from the COVID-19, the health and safety protocols list. And, you know, knowing that he was still in the process of getting back into game shape and all that stuff. But I would hope that in two weeks, if the same situation arises, that's what happens. If Jalen Noel is playing that much better than D'Angelo Russell or that much better, even than, say, Anthony Edwards, that wasn't the case in this game, uh, but in, in some other game, I would hope that Chris Finch would stick with the guy who's playing better. And I think he's, for the most part, shown the track record to be able to do that. So I thought that was really intriguing and, and shows how much trust that Finch now has in Noel. As long as we're on the topic of knocking off Russ, we can talk about Carl Anthony Towns. He was good overall. I mean, 17 and 16, six of 14 shooting fine, you know, shot the ball well from the perimeter, uh, one of four on threes, but made a couple of mid-range jumpers. Um, he had the six turnovers and he fouled out. He fouled out on a cheapy that was just a dumb foul in the final minute, final, what, 20, 10 seconds of the game. Um, but three of his six foul calls personal fouls were offensive fouls. At least two of them were fouls. One of them was pretty iffy, uh, but that's usually how it is, right? I mean, Towns gets called for a couple offensive fouls and then he picks up a cheap one because the officials assuming that he's going to commit another offensive foul and Towns is reacting, you know, in the way that he does where he's just overly emotional about it. And that tends to trigger technical fouls, which happened in this game or additional foul calls uh, because officials are anticipating it. Fair or unfair, that's what happens. And Towns has improved so much during the season. It's like he reverted back to old cat. Um, We saw that a little bit, I guess, before the the health and safety protocols list stint. Uh, But for a huge stretch here, you know, really a lot of November and, and much of December, Towns was doing a really good job at not complaining as much. That was an issue in this game. That was three of his six turnovers. Um, He also had a couple of really careless passes. He made a couple of nice passes early in the game and he got a little bit fancy. We've seen him do that before. Tried to make the difficult pass instead of the easy one. So he was clearly a little bit rusty, but played well. You know, I I would have actually expected him to do a little bit more in the paint against a a really small Oklahoma City Thunder team. Um, And the Wolves, by the way, were outscored in the paint, which is really inexcusable for a team with, I mean, yeah, Alexei Pukasevsky, Poku is seven feet tall, but he's what, like 200 
20 pounds or something, and he played only 17 minutes. He's not exactly a force inside. I mean, Kendrick, uh, Kendrick Williams was who did a ton of damage for the Thunder. He had 10 points, nine rebounds, but it felt like he was everywhere, especially in the second half. He had five offensive rebounds. And the Timberwolves, Towns, Vanderbilt, whoever whoever was on the floor, well, I guess those two guys actually did grab a bunch of rebounds. But the Timberwolves generally struggled to keep Williams off the glass, uh, especially also Josh Giddy off the glass. The Wolves struggle with teams that have active, you know, ones and twos that could rebound the ball really well because the Timberwolves don't have really active ones and twos when it comes to rebounding. And they don't, I mean, most NBA teams don't box out, but they, the Timberwolves outside of Jared Vanderbilt, they don't put a body on anybody. So we saw Malik Beasley and, and uh, D'Angelo Russell just kind of get ran around and ran over as the Thunder were aggressively hunting these rebounds. It was the exact opposite of what we saw when the Wolves doubled up the Lakers on the glass on Sunday. Yeah, the Wolves ended up being a plus uh, three on the glass in this game, but it did not feel like it. The Thunder did a lot uh, in terms of keeping possessions alive with their 14 offensive rebounds. And I was shocked at the end of the game when the Wolves actually ended up with more rebounds uh, than Oklahoma City. That A lot of that was due to how bad the Thunder shot the ball. But still, um, the Timberwolves did not do as well in the paint and on the defensive glass as they should have in this game. And Cat is a little bit to blame for that. Um, the defense in the first quarter, another key takeaway, fantastic. Uh, so good. And then what happened? I mean, really, if you rewatch that first quarter, there were two, three easy missed shots by the Thunder in the paint early. And then the Timberwolves were swarming. The Thunder weren't even getting shot attempts up because of all the deflections, a couple of block shots mixed in. Anthony Edwards finished this game with five steals. Minnesota was jumping passing lanes a little bit. They did some gambling here and there, but it was just generally solid defense. It was just an amazing quarter of basketball for Minnesota. And then it's like they thought, oh, we got our 12 minutes in, you know, we'll, we'll hang out for the next 30 until they turned it on at the end of the game. It, it was just astonishing that the flip switch from on to off. And thankfully, the first quarter was so good for them. They were able to build that 20-point lead, and the Thunder shot 18% from the field in the first quarter. Which, by the way, an aside, the Timberwolves starting lineup, I, I raved about this you know, greatest lineup ever assembled, and if you've missed it, the Timberwolves starting five that started in this game, uh, Beverly, Russell, Vanderbilt, uh, Towns, and Anthony Edwards, has the best... Uh, rating, net rating per 100 possessions of any lineup in the league by far. And it's finally healthy again. It was very good in this game, even though Russell struggled. It was still very, a very good five-man lineup when they were in there. And I raved about, you know, they've got two defense first guys in, in Vanderbilt and Beverly. They've got, you know, four guys who can shoot everybody but Vanderbilt. And they've got three offense first guys who have all improved incrementally on defense in Towns, Russell, and Edwards. But the length of that lineup is astonishing. I mean, all of those guys have big wingspans for their height and for their position. D'Angelo Russell's a big guard. I know that people forget that because he hasn't been a great defender for his career and he isn't super bouncy. He's not super athletic, but he's smart and he's big. Patrick Beverly, smart. He's a long guard. Um, you know, Anthony Edwards, very long, very athletic, very active. Uh, if Well, not always active defensively, but when he chooses to be, he can have nights like this one where he gets five steals. Jared Vanderbilt, an absolute monster defensively and on the glass. Carl Anthony Towns, extremely skilled, really big, long, all these guys. The length that this unit can play with, it can cover mistakes. If they're, if they're a quarter step slow on a rotation, length can cover a multitude of sins, anticipation, uh, all those things. It's, it's a very intelligent, very long, generally athletic lineup that can really get things done when they play like they did in the first quarter of this game, which is really, really good to see. My last key takeaway related to the Timberwolves bench unit, which really got dominated for most of the game, but especially so in the third quarter uh, at, for stretches early in the fourth quarter. And 
the more I thought about it, it's it's pretty clear what happened here. This unit hasn't played together really at all. Um, you're talking about a unit that's supposed to be Jalen Noel initiating offense, Malik Beasley as the offense. He's supposed to be the guy scoring. Jade McDaniels, Nas Reed, and Torian Prince, all his guys who are supposed to knock down open shots, but Jaden's been more aggressive lately. So it was kind of like a, wait, who's taking charge here? Jalen Noel's done good. He's done well initiating offense over the past couple of weeks, but he's not a pure point guard. Um, Jaden McDaniels has never been aggressive at the NBA level offensively until the past couple of weeks. And now all of a sudden he's playing on a unit with Malik Beasley and Jalen Noel. Whose ball is it? Torian Prince was coming off a great game last time out against the Clippers, his best game at Timberwolves uniform. I think he had 17 points on Monday. And then it's like, well, should he be more involved in the offense? Nas Reed, when Towns was out, had a, had his first career 2010 game. These guys all have had shifting roles. And now in this game, the five of them were suddenly thrust into a lineup together. And obviously there were some other guys mixed in, right? I mean, Beverly actually came in and ran some point with the second unit um, at stretches because four stretches because they were struggling so much. But that unit was not accustomed to playing together. So that's a big reason for the second unit's problems. Uh, Malik Beasley was 0 of 8 from the field, 0 of 7 outside the arc. There was no cohesion to the offense. Uh, they didn't actually turn the ball over that much, but there were a couple of pretty bad turnovers as well. Um, and that's just a function of those guys not being used to playing to one another. It's exactly the 10-man rotation that I would have expected or that I did expect. We talked about this on the show on Wednesday. It's exactly what I would have expected. Uh, Noel led the bench unit most minutes off the bench. Um, and uh, I guess Beasley would have had it not been for Noel closing the game in place of D'Lo. But almost identical to what I had expected in terms of the rotation. And we'll have to see what happens with the second unit. Who's going to take the reins? Who's going to take charge? Who's going to be the guy? Are they going to be able to rotate? And it just kind of depends on the night, depends on the matchup. Who's got the hot hand? Or will this kind of be clunky for a while? Um, and it didn't cost the Wolves. It almost did. I mean, it did in terms of this going from a 20 plus point lead to a one point lead, but they won this game because it was the Thunder. Will it cost them on Friday against the Thunder? Will it cost them as they, you know, obviously we've got Houston, New Orleans coming up, but some of these games upcoming, hopefully the second unit can work these kinks out against the lesser teams that they're about to play. And by the time they get to some of the better teams here in a week or so, um, this sort of thing does not happen. Okay, we'll close the show today by looking at individual studs and duds. That's upcoming next. First of all, let's talk about our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and uh, several sports. Uh, of course, the NFL playoffs start here in a week and a half and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked on to get started. Again, use promo code locked on. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit from football to basketball, hockey to boxing, plus UFC, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's talk individual studs and duds from this one. Number one for me in terms of studs in this game has to be Patrick Beverly. He knocked down five threes in this game, 20 points, six assists, four rebounds, one steal, one block, six of 11 shooting, five of nine outside the arc. He was one of two inside the arc. He did get to the free throw line those four times. He was phenomenal defensively as well. 
really good. Only played 26 minutes, by the way, which is, it's great when he doesn't have to play 30 minutes. Uh, by the way, the Oklahoma City Thunder broadcast uh, is not familiar with Patrick Beverly's track record as as a above average three-point shooter. They continuously were mentioning uh, Beverly's, that he's not known for shooting, and this is out of character for him to shoot the ball this well. Uh, well, sure, he doesn't make five threes every night, but they talked about him not being known as a good shooter. Obviously not true. Uh, 26 and four with a steal and a block, and just one turnover in 26 minutes, ran some point with the second unit, obviously played off the ball quite a bit uh, when Anthony Edwards was initiating, as well as D'Angelo Russell. And uh, very, very good game for Patrick Beverly. Continued what he did against the Clippers on Monday, which was great to see, you know, not having a letdown after playing his former team a couple days prior. Uh, Jalen Noel is my second stud in this game, 16 points on six shots, ultra efficient, as efficient as you could possibly be, one three-pointer on one attempt, Three of three at the line, three rebounds, three assists, only one turnover. Again, running some offense with the second unit, initiating 23 minutes, one turnover to three assists, and a perfect six of six shooting for 16 points. Talked about him a lot last segment, but another great game from Jalen Noel. And we're just going to keep his keep seeing his role grow um, if he continues to play like this. My third stud for this game, haven't really talked about him much. It's somehow a, a relatively quiet 22 points, but 22 points for Anthony Edwards. 22 points, five rebounds, five steals, two assists, only two turnovers in 32 minutes for Ant. Eight of 17 shooting, we'll take that every night of the week, just under 50%. Four of 10 outside the arc, we'll take that every single night of the week. Only had three free throw attempts. Easily could have had a couple more as always because he still continues to not get the whistles that he should get in the paint. Um, but the Timberwolves will take roughly 50% from the field, 40% for the three-point line. Five rebounds, five steals, two assists to two turnovers. This is nearly a perfect Anthony Edwards game. We're not going to get five steals every night. And yeah, he gambled a little bit here and there, but he was okay defensively. He was good enough defensively and really, really good on offense. Uh, So a fantastic game from Anthony Edwards. Number one dud for this game, Malik Beasley, 18 minutes, 0 of 8 shooting, 0 of 7 on three-point attempts. He had three rebounds, one assist and one steal, turned it over once in 18 minutes, went scoreless. Uh, not what he needs to be doing if he wants to keep his spot in the rotation with Jalen Noel playing as well as he has of late. Malik Beasley better look out. Um, I mean, he's going to eat into those minutes. And if there's any sort of a matchup where Josh Okogie can get on the floor to, you know, if the Wolves need his perimeter defense and Beasley continues to struggle, uh, you know, I mean, look out. If the Timberwolves decide they need another point guard on the floor, Jordan McLaughlin could maybe take some of those minutes. Uh, maybe even Leandro Balmaro as the year goes on. I mean, we'll see. But Beasley could see his role shrink and shrink and shrink. He could be uh, in, in a much lesser role here in the coming weeks if he keeps playing like this. It just He actually had some pretty good defensive possessions early in the game. I don't think he was as good defensively in the second half. Uh, but this just wasn't a good game for Malik, and it, it continues his, his struggles of late. Also, second dud for this game, D'Angelo Russell. Six points on three of 12 shooting, missed all five of his three-point attempts. He had three assists, but he also had three turnovers, just two rebounds in 30 minutes. A very quiet return to play for D'Angelo Russell. Um, And, uh, you know, disappointing game, but a lot of rust for him to knock off. And uh, hopefully we see him come back strong on Friday against these same Thunder in Oklahoma City. Uh, Generally speaking, the Timberwolves did a fairly good job. I mean, obviously the Thunder scored just 90 points. They shot under 37% from the field and 25.7% from three. 
They made Shea Gilgis Alexander's life mostly difficult. He got into the paint quite a bit, but he missed some easy ones at the rim, shot just five of 15 and turned it over four times. They did a good job on him. Josh Giddy is just extremely active and a great passer. 14 points, 15 rebounds, six assists for Giddy. He did turn it over six times though. He didn't make any three. He's not a good three-point shooter. He's not a good shooter, period. But he made a couple of big threes as the Thunder were making their comeback early in the fourth quarter. Uh, but for the most part, the Wolves did well. They actually struggled the most with Kendrick Williams um, off the bench. He had 10 and nine and four steals in 25 minutes. But the Wolves did a good job on Gilgis Alexander. They did a good job, a good job on Aaron Wiggins, who has played well for them for the Thunder of late. Shot just five of 13 and missed all five of his three-point attempts. Generally a good defensive game for Minnesota outside of some of those offensive rebounds that they allowed um, and a couple of open threes late in the game. But I was pleased with their effort defensively and all things considered uh, a good performance um, despite the the mid-game struggles for the Timberwolves. All right, that's all we have on the show. We'll be back, of course, on Friday. Uh, The Wolves go to Oklahoma City now to take on the Thunder on Friday night, the same Thunder in the home-and-home, and and then the the schedule continues uh, to be very palatable for Minnesota after they're in Oklahoma City on Friday. The Timberwolves will then take on the Houston Rockets um, in Houston on Sunday night, followed by the Pelicans in New Orleans on Tuesday night. And then the road trip finishes off with a difficult, a more difficult game against the Memphis Grizzlies uh, on next Thursday, the 13th. So Minnesota has a four game road trip, three games against the bottom three teams in the West, and then a game against the, uh, the very good Memphis Grizzlies here in a week. Um, so we'll of course have the show on Friday. We'll do the post game pod Friday night following Wolves Thunder. And uh, we'll have the post game pod on Sunday as well. So be sure you're following and subscribed to the show. Thank you to those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Of course, it's available on YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. That's all we have for you today. Thanks again for listening to the Locked on Wolves podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. And by the way, if you do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen, go ahead and make Lockdown Bets your second listen, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight for Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms, and it is a fantastic listen if you're into sports betting. Even if you're not, it's a fun listen as well. All right, that's all we have for you today. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.